Welcome to Bold Faith with Courage Molina, a place where you get empowered and equipped to be who God has called you to be, do what God has called you to do, and go after everything he said you can have without hesitation or apology. Let's go. All right, let's get into this week's sermon. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome. 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 I am Pastor Courage Molina of Bold Faith Community Church. So excited to have you here as part of our virtual church service. Our mission is simple yet powerful. It is to share the good news about Christ and guide you in studying the Bible for transformation. This way you can experience God's best in every aspect of your life. It is our aim that every Christian and every household would be a minister of God's word, equipped to rightly interpret it and empowered to apply it in all seasons of life. We are so excited to have you. As you're coming in, be sure to drop where you are joining from. We just love to see where all of our members are, where all of our family is. Um, we just love to see that. Y'all know that we still do meetups, so we want you to rep your city. Now, I guess the question could be, how can you join a virtual church? How can you make Bold Faith Community Church your home if it's online? Well, it's more than just watching videos. Joining our church community really will provide a sense of spiritual connection and belonging. To become an active member of Bold Faith Community Church, you are invited to engage in weekly virtual services. That happens every Saturday, 8 a.m., right here on YouTube. Um, and we want you to participate in the chat. So give us an amen, drop an emoji. You can ask questions. You can give insight. You can do something. But just let us know that you are here with us in the chat, you know, throughout the service. Immediately following the service, we then get into a Zoom room and we spend more quality time together. This is where community really happens. It's where you get to know your sisters and your cousins and your aunties because Bold Faith Community Church really is family. This is a family here. You have to come to, you know, the Zoom so you can get to know everybody and everybody can get to know you. Um, also, our volunteer team welcomes new members to serve and we, we really encourage I speak English sometimes, guys. We really encourage everyone to find a way to contribute through their unique skills and talents. In addition to that, giving tithes and offerings also allows our church to continue the ministry and outreach programs that we have. So if you are ready to be a part of this family, Bold Faith Community Church, then that's how you do it, by showing up, by serving, and by giving. All right, listen, I am so excited. I have a few church announcements before we get started. I'm going to do my best not to scream with excitement. We've been talking about this for weeks, for months, maybe even, and we're going to keep talking about it until it is sold out, okay, or until our deadline comes, whichever comes first. I pray to God that we sell out before then, right? We have 30 spots available that's not true, y'all. I just lied to y'all at church. It's not true. We don't have there are 30 spots. We only have, there's only room for 30. That's what I mean. I don't know how many spots we have left. Um, but, you know, we only have room for 30. 
y'all know, y'all just pray for me, okay? Um, this is our third annual retreat, Faith Ignited Retreat. Faith Ignited 2024 will take place July 12th through the 15th in Greensboro, North Carolina at the beautiful Grand Over Resort and Spa. It is not a conference. It is not a vacation. It is a time where we come together most days, no makeup, and worship God, connect with one another, and get some breakthroughs, some deliverance. I don't know what is waiting for you in that room, but I know that there is something in that room. There is something, some type of blessing, some type of deliverance, some type of anointing that is assigned to that room. It will be delivered to that room, and if you want it, you have to be in the room to get it. So you can go over to boldfaithchurch.org and reserve your spot today. You can pay in full. You can get a best friend. Bring your best friend, best friend, best friend with you. And um, there's a payment plan also. So go over there. You can get all the information at boldfaithchurch.org. Now I have some other exciting news, some other exciting news. And that is that courageous, oh, let me take this down. <laughs> so excited. Can y'all tell how excited I am? I really been trying to relax, relax. Courageous Disciples 2024. Um, enrollment opens November 20th through the 27th. It is, um, it's going to be, that's the Thanksgiving week. I'm so excited. I can't even talk. It's Thanksgiving week. So you'll have the, that one week to enroll. And then once enrollment is closed, it's closed. Um, it hasn't been open since this time last year. So you definitely want to get in. Courageous Discipleship is a 16-week um, intensive, biblical studies intensive. It's not Bible study. It has been compared to seminary light. I don't think it's quite that heavy, but it is definitely uh, intense, and it's going to require not just an investment of your resources, but definitely an investment of your time. I'd say about 10 hours a week. I always encourage women who enroll. Um, it's open to men, even though I don't say that. It Courageous discipleship is open to men. Um, I always encourage you to take about 10 hours a week to devote to this. And if you have another, you know, independent Bible study that you're doing, that you might put that one on hold so that you can be all in with courageous discipleship. Now, I said it's over 16 weeks, but it's only 12 weeks worth of modules. Some of those modules are a little heavier and require a little bit more lifting than others. And so I've extended it for the first time in a long time for an additional four weeks based on the feedback from this last cohort. They were like, ma'am, I don't know how you've been doing this in 12 weeks. We need more time. So there are some built-in off weeks, but we have weekly Q&As. It's an amazing community. Um, this is the thing about the community. These are all people who are very serious about learning how to interpret the word, who want to go deeper, who want to build their Bible study resource library. They are the people who are saying, well, how do you know that? Where'd you get that from? Pastor, what book is that? How can we find that? How, how do I use an atlas? That's who these people are. It does not, you don't have to be in ministry. First of all, can I just say we all in ministry? But I ain't got time to do that because I got to preach here. But we're all in ministry and we've all been called to study to show ourselves approved. And that means that we know we need to know how to rightly interpret right the word of God. And, and we do that here. But this is so much more intense in those 16 weeks. Um, it is an acceleration of the growth that you can have. It is. Um, and, and also because iron sharpens iron. The women that are in that community are the women that you want to connect with. Um, because they serious 
I want I want to I want to have close friendships with people who are studying the Bible for themselves the way I'm studying the Bible. So that when I call and I'm acting a fool on our call and I'm feeling like, oh, my gosh, I don't know what's going to happen in my life. They have so much word deep down on the inside of them that they can encourage me in the word of God and not just with platitudes or cliches and things like that. So if you are looking for something like that, you've always thought like, I want to know how do they know that? Or you studied the Bible and you're like, okay, I studied the Bible, but my pastor is still giving me information I, I did not see when I read my Bible. How is she doing that? Or how is he doing that? So you can go to couragemolina.org. Be sure to get on the email list. That email list will be the first to um, have an opportunity to enroll. It doesn't start until November 20th. That's when open enrollment begins and it starts in January. The program will kick off in January. And so I want to invite you. There's so many women who have been through the program. They can certainly um, speak to the transformational nature. That's what I'll say. The transformational nature of the program. When you come through courageous discipleship, you will never approach the Bible the same again. No, never again in life. I know you think I'm trying to tell you right now, you will never again approach the Bible um, the same again. You just won't be able to. You'd like to, but you just won't be able to. So now come with me as we prepare to get into Romans. Who's excited? Drop a little fire in the chat if you're excited about starting a new book. We're starting Romans. I think we're going to be here a minute, y'all. But just go ahead and drop in the chat if you are excited about Romans. Let me see some fire, fire emojis. If you've been reading or listening to Romans chapters 1 through 16 all week long, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so good. I have so many questions. You cannot wait for these insights that the Lord has delivered to this house. Go ahead and drop some fire emoji. If you know that God has a message for you on today, go ahead and drop some fire in the chat. Okay? Mm-mm. Drop some fire. I'm gonna not even try to contain my excitement. I'm not even gonna bother. I'm not even interested in it, if I'm honest. Let's get into it. I'm gonna be reading Romans chapters one through. Mm -mm. I'm gonna be reading Romans chapter one, verses one through seven, because that is all I will get through today. We'll come back next week and start with Romans chapter one, verse eight. I know you're thinking, how is she only teaching the greetings? Watch, watch me and the Lord do this thing, child. Watch me and the Lord do this thing. The Lord had so much to say, so much revelation for us in just this, uh, those first seven verses, which I know it's like, oh, let's get to the good part. This is just the greeting. This is just the intro. No, we're going to spend all day right here. Verses one through seven. Super excited about that. Okay, let me give us some background while you pull your Bibles out. Yes, I expect for you to actually pull your Bible out. I hope that you have your physical Bible with you. Let me say this. I haven't said this in a long time. We are a Bible studying church, okay? And that means that every week when we come here, it's more like Bible study. Now, sometimes I get a little yelly because I, you know, I'm excited. Let me not say sometimes. Most days, because I get so excited and the spirit really moves. But the reason I say we're a Bible studying church is because we are all studying the same thing during the week. We might be studying some additional things, but we're all studying the same thing during the week. So this past week, we were all studying Romans chapter 1 and probably listening to Romans chapter 1 through 16, because that's how we do it here. This coming week, 
much to their surprise, they will be listening to chapter one again. But typically we move on from week to week. I don't know how this is going to unveil for for uh, <laughs> for this particular book. But historically, we focused on one chapter a week. And so you have had the opportunity to study and hear from God concerning. And hopefully this is going to be confirmation for something that God says that you can do whatever it is God has called you to do. Okay, let's wait, wait. Let me pray first. God, we just thank you for an opportunity to get in your word from all over. God, we just thank you for an opportunity to openly um, connect and discuss the word of God. God, we thank you for the times that you've called us into a quiet space with you so that we can read this word. God, I pray that you would open our eyes and our hearts and our minds during this time that you would set our soul on fire for the word, that we would get excited, that we would not leave here the same, that we would leave here with some type of instruction, insight, um, something that would call us to understand what you are calling us to do in this season when it's the very next thing. God, show us what your priorities are for us as individuals as we go through your word. In your son Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Okay. So let me give you a little background. Um, I did an overview and background of Romans last week so you can go to that video um here on youtube if you didn't see it strongly recommend that you do it's going to really help you understand how we are approaching this um how we're approaching this book because it's not like the ones we've been studying we've been studying gospels for i don't even know how long and then last time we studied the book of acts all years what we were in but this is a letter this is an epistle and when you understand that there are genres in the Bible, you recognize that you cannot approach every genre the same. And that is definitely true when it comes to letters. This is not a historical narrative. It is a letter that Paul, the apostle, is writing to the Roman church. Um, it is the first letter that we see in the New Testament, but it is not the first letter that is written by Paul. There are other letters, lots of letters written by Paul. The Bible is not set up in chronological order, um, which can make it a little bit more difficult to navigate and understand where you need to go or how do these people know these things. If you can keep at the top of your mind that Paul is a historical figure that lived and had a life um, that the Roman church, these this happened historically, it's not just some story, then you can understand how what we see in the Bible has some overlapping. Because while he was doing this, he was writing this, right? So while he was living out something that maybe was a background in Acts, he was writing this letter to the Romans, right? So just something for you to keep in mind. And I have no shame. And I can really, you really will understand how to approach this if you go back and you watch that last video. No, like go back and watch the last video. If you got to watch it more than once, do that because I really give you a lot of detail on how to, the, per the perspective, the framework through which we are going to be looking at this. All right. So give you a little background. Paul, the apostle. Um, is writing a letter to the Roman church. Um, he's writing this letter from Corinth. We know that he was in Corinth for like maybe a year and a half, spent a lot of time with them preaching every day. And his journey 
as he took these missions trips, and this is written on his third missions trip, it was something that was Holy Spirit led. He went where the Holy Spirit led him and there were places where he tried to go and the Holy Spirit would not allow him to go. And so he still hasn't had an opportunity to go to Rome yet. He's writing this letter to let them know, hey, I've heard so much about y'all. I cannot wait to come out there and meet y'all and spend some time with y'all. I've tried. I've set it up in my mind, but it hasn't really worked out. And uh, also to encourage them and to unify them as a church because the church in Rome or the Roman church is comprised of both Jewish Christians and non-Jewish Christians or Gentile Christians. How did this church start if it did not have an apostolic leader? And it didn't. It wasn't a disciple that started the church in Rome. So it had no apostolic leadership. It just, who started it? How did it get started? Well, it is believed to have been started by a devout Jew who would have been in Jerusalem. They would have all gone to Jerusalem. Jerusalem for Passover. They were there during the time of the Pentecost and they converted to Christianity and came back to Rome, back to their home where they live. And they began to share the gospel with both Jews and Gentiles. And so that is how the church, now when the church first started, it was definitely heavy Jewish. Uh, there were some Gentiles, but during some time after that, um, there was a Caesar whose name escapes me now, who sent them who exiled them. He was like, y'all got to go. And they were gone. And so the church continued to grow and it became a little Gentile heavy, non-Jewish heavy Christians. Right. And so when the Jews returned, even though they were Christian, the church that they returned to wasn't like the one they left. And so there might've been a little tension with them there. And so Paul's writing them to one, make sure they have some sound doctrine because they haven't had an apostolic leader and to encourage them and unify them and and let them know that the good news that they have believed is, you know, the good news. Here's the thing that I noticed just thinking about the background is that, you know, Paul wanted to go to Rome and he had been trying to go and he wanted to go, but it just didn't work out. He was delayed. I realized that this letter to the Romans might not have happened if there hadn't been a delay. If everything had gone according to Paul's plan, we wouldn't have the letter. The church at Rome might not have gotten a letter. And we certainly uh, might be missing out on one of the greatest biblical works that there ever was, right? Honestly. And so I just want you to consider that if there are some delays happening in your life right now, maybe those delays are God-ordained. Maybe. Maybe those delays are God-ordained. And he, is, he has something bigger, right? Because this delay... Maybe it wasn't God's delay, right? Maybe Paul was delayed because of other things, right? But let's say it was God's delay. God's delay is a thing that led to, you know, God using it for their good. Because Paul couldn't get there, Paul had to write this letter. This letter helped to shape them. This letter helped to guide them. And he used it for our good because now it's here all these years later that we are about to learn from. And it's for his glory, like, what? Let's get into it. I'm just reading a few short verses. Um, this is Romans chapter one. I'm going to read verses one through seven. This is the NIV. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, 
who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let me read that verse again. Verse four. And who through the spirit and and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him, we received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people, grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That's it. That's all we're going to get through today is verses one through seven. So what's the first thing we see? The first thing that we see here in verse one, we'll just go back to verse one. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. The first thing we see here is Paul's mindset. It's a mindset because it's how Paul is describing himself. It's how Paul is introducing himself. And he says three things about himself. One, that he's a servant. Two, that he's called to be an apostle. And three, that he is set apart. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. There is even confidence in the introduction. Not just, hey, I'm Paul. I kind of do some things. He's saying what he is, right? This word servant that he uses here is not like somebody who just serves. What Paul is saying, letting them know what Paul is declaring about himself is that he's a slave. He's saying that he abandoned his rights. He gave up his freedom, any position that he had, everything to serve Christ. Understand that Paul is letting them know this was my choice. It was my decision. That's a mindset. To say not only is Christ my savior, but I've also decided to abandon every single thing, my protection, my belongings, my provision, whatever it is that I need to give up, I'm going to give it up because I'm a slave. That word servant that's used there is really talking about a slave, not like a servant leader where we're just out here helping in outreach. He's saying because Christ died for me, I have decided to give up my freedom. I'm going to die to myself and everything that I do or don't do will be so that I can serve Christ. He also says that he's called to be an apostle called that word called there means invited that Paul was invited um, by God, right? To be an apostle. This lets us know that Paul knows who he is. Paul knows what his assignment is. He is confident and bold as a result. He's not unsure of what he's supposed to be doing. He's not unsure of what his role is or the work that he's supposed to put his hands to. He knows exactly what his assignment is and he's introducing himself that way. So I'm a slave. This is something that I've decided to do. I'm doing this. I've been called to be an apostle. I know what my assignment is. Now, apostle is a messenger. It actually means one who is sent forth. It is somebody who would have godly nature, godly, godly character, right? Godly lifestyle. Somebody who's not out there, you know, acting crazy. Someone who is mature, a mature Christian, sound doctrine. An apostle is going to be a starter. Uh, an apostle is going to be somebody who is um, a trailblazer because an apostle can be sent out to a place where there is no Christianity. 
Nobody knows nothing. And they can go there without any support and start something up. Or they can go to a place. They're also fixers. They can also go to a place, be sent to a place because they have such sound doctrine and they are so mature, right? They can go to a church that's been having problems and help to kind of clean it up, help to kind of set them straight. And so because of that, apostles, it takes some time to be sent out as was true with Paul. Paul did not become an apostle. He did not start his apostleship um, on the road to Damascus. It took him about 13, 17 years from that time before the church sent him out. That's what set apart. He's saying he was set apart by the church and he was set apart by the church in Antioch. Um, that's in Acts chapter 13 that we see that he's there with them. All the elders come together. They lay their hands on him. They pray for him and they send him out. Set apart really just means he was selected for a purpose, right? Selected. Set apart does not mean isolated. Set apart does not mean better than. Set apart does not mean um, that there's supposed to be this huge division. It literally means in, in this context here that he was selected. Paul, somebody chose Paul for a purpose and the church at Antioch chose Paul, selected him. The elders placed their hands on him. They prayed for him, right? Um, and then they sent him out and his purpose was the gospel of God. Doesn't say the gospel of Jesus. It says the gospel of God. You know what I love about this verse? This is really showing us that we have a choice, right? Everything that Paul said, even though it was an invitation, it was an opportunity. It reminds me of and shows us the power of having a choice. He was a servant. God didn't make him a servant. Jesus did not make him a servant. He decided, I have a choice in the way that I will live. Yes, I know that I'm made free in Christ, but I have a choice. Am I going to live like this or am I going to live like that? And he said, I am choosing to abandon one power of choice. Then he was invited. Hey, we would love for you to be an apostle. The Lord Jesus invited him to be an apostle. He could say yes to the call or he could say no to the call, but he chose to say yes to the call. He was set apart. His church said, hey, we are sending you out. He had a choice to go. He could say, no, I don't want to send. I don't want to go send somebody else. How many of you, God has been trying to send you and you continue to tell him, not me, God, send somebody else. How many of you are so grateful and hallelujah and clapping and all those things because God has saved you because he's brought you out. He's done these things. But when he has an opportunity to send you out, you say, no, God. Send somebody else, get someone else to do it. How many of you have been invited to be a part of church ministry, right? God is calling you to that, whether it is prayer, whether it is teaching, whether it is um, preaching, whatever it is, God has called you to the clergy and you keep saying, no, I'm probably not the right one. We can see Paul's mindset here. He understands who he is. This is what you need to know. You, you can choose how you show up. It's your choice. You can choose how you show up. This is what you got to know is that you want to get to a place where your mindset, right, will match the mission. Because God has called you. God, 
God wants you to do. You, how many of you know you've been called? Drop it in the chat. Drop me a heart emoji. Put your hand up in the chat if you know that there that you've been invited. God has called you to something. Maybe he hasn't called you to an impossible. You know that he has called you to something. Put your hand up. Now, the question that you need to ask yourself is, does your mindset match the mission? Because Paul's mindset matched the mission. It's not, oh my gosh, now I'm saved. I got to give up all the things. Paul said, okay, now God has done this thing. Send his son, Jesus. I have been bought. He, he even asked, do you know that you've been bought with a price? Recognizing that he's been bought with a price. My really only option is to submit everything that I am and everything that I have in service to you, God. He has a mindset to match the mission that he's on. I remember that I used to show up based on my emotions, my fears, my insecurities. How are you showing up? How have you been showing up in this season of your life? Have you been showing up based on what somebody said you couldn't do? Have you been showing up based on um, your mistakes? Have you been showing up like you still need to audition? Girl, you do not have to audition for the purpose. You don't have to audition for the calling. You don't have to audition for the assignment. You just got to learn how how to show up. You got to get your mind ready for this mission. If I'm going to do this work, then that means for Christ I'll live and for Christ I die. If I'm going to say yes to the call on my life, that I need to get myself up and I need to do the things that I need to do so that I can grow in this space, so that I can grow in this position. Um, God did not just call Paul to apostleship and Paul was like, okay, let me get into it without any growth. He submitted himself. He studied for several years. He went with other people that were, um, that were more, that were more, uh, let me see. How can I say it? Experience. He submitted himself under the, um, under the leadership of the other disciples, he was with them. Barnabas was his dude. Barnabas was the one who brought him in. He didn't just say, oh, okay, he took some time growing. So now you have the call, but you haven't done anything to cultivate it. Come on, somebody. It's, it's the mindset. I know that I've been called to this thing. And since for God I live and for God I die, that I'm going to do whatever I need to do to get equipped. I'm going to do whatever I need to do to get trained. I'm going to do whatever I need to do to grow in this area. And when the Lord starts sending me, when my church sends me, when my boss sends me, when I get this opportunity to go forth, I'm going to do that thing. I remember what it looked like, right, when my mind didn't match the mission. I showed up in rooms afraid. Anybody? Anybody showed up and showed up in rooms afraid, showed up in rooms wondering and feeling like, um, like I, I, I hope don't nobody realize I'm in here because maybe I snuck in or if these people really knew what I've been through or if these people really knew they might not be so willing to let me speak to give me the mic if, you know, my numbers aren't adding up. And so, you know, I don't have enough followers and I don't have enough subscribers and I don't have enough viewers. So how I showed up was different. But now I show up based on what God has said about me because I choose to believe him. I'm coming in agreement. That's what we have to start doing. You have to come into agreement with everything that God says about you. You have to come into agreement with everything that God says about you. You have to come into agreement with everything that God says about you. You have to make a decision. You have to choose to say yes to your assignment. 
who's saying yes to the assignment. You have to choose to be a slave to Christ Jesus. Who's choosing to be a slave? This is what you need to know just from verse one is that Paul had a choice and so do you. The question that I want you to ask yourself is, will you become a slave so that you can serve Christ? That means giving up your preferences, giving up your rights and giving up your justifications, giving up your comforts. Will you become a slave to serve Christ? Write yes in the chat if you're ready to do that today. You have a choice just like Paul, so do you. Will you say yes to the assignment that is on your life? God has an assignment for you in this season. Will you say yes to it? If the answer for you is yes, I want to see it in the chat. Type yes in the chat. Paul had a choice and so do you. Will you accept? You have to accept that you have been chosen for a purpose. God's purpose. Are you ready to accept that today? Are you ready to let go of all those other things and accept that you have been called with a purpose? Put yes if you are ready for your mindset to match the mission. You ready, ready, ready? All right, good. So if you're ready for your mindset to match the mission, let's get to verse two. Verse two, here we go. The gospel he promised, right? Verse one, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. Verse two, the gospel he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. This is God's gospel. Do you notice that it doesn't say the gospel of Jesus? Um. Paul is letting them know here that this is not a brand new thing. It's not a new, you know, they've been calling the way a sect. They've been saying it's all kinds of. Oh, that's their rebellion. Oh, they're trying to, they've been saying it's all kinds of things. And so Paul is letting them know, just giving a little nod. This is not new. This gospel when we're talking about Jesus, this is actually the gospel of God because God promised this through the prophets beforehand. This isn't some guy who just came and said, oh, we're going to start doing these things. Mm -mm. And so when we read this, we know that Paul is talking to both Jews and Gentiles here because the Gentiles wouldn't have knowledge of the prophets, the prophets, they would not have knowledge of the things that were said because it's not their history, right? This is this is Paul talking to the Jews. Now the Gentiles are there, right? Because he's writing this letter, but this is how you know this portion is really for the Jews because the Gentiles wouldn't have had any knowledge about the prophets, but the Jews, the Jews would. So be saying this isn't brand new. This is not a gospel about some new guy. This is actually God's gospel that he told us about so long ago. Just in that one verse is something to shout about because it reveals God's character to us that God knows the end from the beginning. This, this Jesus that we have experienced right now even though we experience Jesus, this is not new. God told us about this way back when through its through its prophets. God God told us about this way back then through prophecy. God God told us that there would be a savior that would come 
and that would do exactly what Jesus has done. It's, now, I know that doesn't sound as exciting. It's uh, Sometimes we hear something. I just want to break this down for you. That can seem a little cliche. So when I say God knows the end from the beginning, you just got into a situation today. You just realized something's going on this week. This is the start of a new season. It's the start of a new challenge in your life, whether it is, you know, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, it's the start. And so you and I don't know how it's going to end, but we serve a God who knows the end from the beginning. Think about that for a second. You've seen him do it. You have had a conversation with God. God has given you some insight in your life. At the beginning, you went to him, you prayed, you cried, and he told you how it was going to end. He Sometimes he warned you. He said, no, that's not the crowd for you. No, that's not the man for you. No, that's not the friend for you. No, that's not the business for you. He told you some things, and sometimes you ain't listen, but it turned out the way he said it would. Why? Because God knows the end from the beginning. Your dad, your heavenly father, knows how your current situation is going to turn out. You can get some insight from him. You can get something. You can get some insight from him. He knows the end from the start. Verse 3, regarding his son, I just I feel like I can't start with verse 3 like that. I got to go back to verse 1 again. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son, that's verse 3, regarding his son, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David. And this verse, Paul is saying God had a son whose earthly start, not his origin, came through the line of David, which was fulfilling Nathan's prophecy. Nathan's prophecy is in 2 Samuel somewhere where he talks about the Savior, Son of God, coming through the line of David. This becomes such a huge thing throughout, um, throughout the Israelite hist history, throughout the Israelite life, that after they get this prophecy, they began to wait and anticipate for who they refer to as the son of David. Because Nathan said he would come through David's bloodline. And this Jesus that Paul is talking about did that. He did just that. He's also showing that his start, he's also revealing in just that verse regarding his son, who as to his earthly life, that word using this as to his earthly life was a descendant of David. That little word there, earthly life, shows them that his origin didn't start here. That Jesus didn't come onto the scene at his birth. That was the start of his incarnation. That was the start of his natural life. That's what Paul is saying. 
the beautiful thing that we can see here is that God does what he says he's going to do. Regarding his son, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David. It was prophesied through Nathan way back, I'm pretty sure in 2 Samuel, that the Savior would come through the line of David. God told his people through prophecy that he was going to do it. And God does what he says he's going to do. And so now he's done it. That's what we can see here, that God does what he says he's going to do. I know that you've been praying for something. I know that you've been waiting for something, that you've been fasting for something. But I don't want you to give up on the promise that God spoke to you. God does what he said he's going to do. He is true to his word. He said he would take care of your needs, and he has. He said that he would never leave you or forsake you. I'm not talking about how it felt. I'm talking about not, he didn't say you would never go through anything. The word of God says in this life, you will have trouble. He didn't say that you would never go through anything, but the thing that was meant to kill you did not. It was meant to take you out, but you're still standing. You're still breathing. You're, you're still here. You still in the fight. You still in the apartment. You still in that house. You're still in that car. Y'all are still holding on. Whatever it is that God told you he will do, he is true to his word. No matter how long it takes for it to come to pass, don't allow the time that has passed to make you start to doubt the word that God has given you. I remember when I quit my job back in 2017. I quit my job. It was a year after I wanted to quit. I felt like God was telling me to quit in 2016, but I just did not have the faith to do so. I was like, oh, I can't do it. Fast forward another year, 2017, still had no backup plan, still had no more money saved, still wasn't any more sure of what God, how God would provide for me. Still wasn't sure how that was going to happen. Yes, I was in a two income home, but we needed two incomes for the home at the time. And he said he would take care of my needs. So I quit. I've never been evicted. Car was not repossessed. We didn't miss any meals. Um, we've taken trips. We lived. We did more than survive. He did what he said he was going to do when he said he was going to provide for you. He said that depression wouldn't take me out. And I have been dealing with depression for some time. He said it wasn't going to take me out. It got to the worst. And he continued to say over me, this illness will not be unto death. This illness will not be unto death. Depression knocked me down, but it didn't knock me out. Depression was heavy. It knocked me down, but the Lord picked me up. He healed me. It didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen the way I wanted it to. It didn't happen the way I thought I would. It certainly wasn't as fast as I would have liked it to be. But I'm going to tell you what. God said he was going to do it, and he did it. I can get excited right now. Can you get excited? Listen, I can get excited right now. I can get excited right now because there are some things that God is telling me in this season that he's going to do. I want you to think for a second. Has God told you something in this season? You've been praying and he gave you some confirmation. There is something he told you, he reminded you of in this season that he's going to do. You haven't seen him do it yet, but he gave you his word. You can get excited about that right now. Can somebody praise the Lord right now? Go ahead and drop a fire emoji. There is something that God said he was going to do for you. There is something 
He said he's going to restore your marriage. You can get excited. It doesn't matter if y'all started counseling or not. You can get excited because the Lord said he was going to restore your marriage. He said he was going to restore your family. He said he was going to heal some of those uh, lifetime traumas and wounds, some of those generational wounds and trauma that have been passed down from generation to generation. He said that y'all would be the closest generation in that family line. Go ahead and celebrate right now. He said he was going to heal your body. Yes, you just got a diagnosis. No, you're not doing your treatments, but the Lord said that this illness will not be unto death. He told you that. You can go ahead and celebrate right now. Somebody put a fire in the in the chat right now. Somebody put fire in the chat right now. You remember that God said he was going to bless the work of your hands. It seems that things are dry. You have been um, sowing seeds left and right. You have put your hands to work. You've been out there doing what he's called you to do, but you just don't see a return on your investment. You've been giving and serving, but you just don't see a return on your investment. You've been setting up sales pages and you've been setting up email lists and promoting and you do launch and you're going live, but you still haven't seen God bless the work of your hands. You can get excited right now because God keeps his word. He's faithful to his word. He is faithful to his word. You can get excited about it right now. Like, this is the whole thing. This is why I'm like, team, you got to get in your Bible and you need to not just be reading through all the verses and just skipping them and summarizing them all together. Sometimes you got to slow down and look at that thing verse by verse. First of all, I still have like three more verses to go and I am running out of time. <laughs> I am running out of time. Do y'all mind if I take my time a little bit? I feel like I can do it. No, I have four verses. <laughs> Let's get it. Verse four. Um, verse four. And who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Christ, I want you to catch this. What is what is this saying? What is this? What does this mean? It means that Christ was revealed as the son of God um, through the resurrection, okay? Christ was revealed as the son of God by his resurrection from the dead. He wasn't revealed to be the son of God by the miracles. He wasn't revealed to be the son of God by the wonders. He wasn't revealed to be the son of God by the teaching. He was revealed, Paul was saying, he was revealed to be the son of God through his resurrection from the dead. What does that matter to us? What you need to understand is that some things have to die for the truth to be revealed. Without the death, there's no resurrection. There's no revelation that Jesus is the Messiah. Right? It's through the it's through the resurrection of something that had to die. Jesus had to die, be buried, lay in the tomb, and then be resurrected for his true identity to be revealed, for him to be revealed as the Son of God. I wonder what needs to die in your life for the truth to be revealed. Maybe it's the old mindset that needs to die. Maybe, maybe, maybe your money needs to dry up. 
I don't know. I don't know what needs to die. But what I want you to catch here is that Jesus was the Messiah before he died. Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus was the son of God before it was revealed through the resurrection. He was already that. You are already what God has called you to be. You're already that. It may not have been, maybe it hasn't been revealed to the world yet. Maybe the world can't see you. Maybe it hasn't been revealed. It hasn't come out yet. It has not manifested into the natural. It's not a thing yet, but it's already true. Sometimes death is required. The death of something, the old ways of thinking, maybe the marriage as it was had to die in order for the truth of to be revealed. Here's the thing. I want you to just understand this. Okay. I was already bold, confident. I was already strong and courageous before I went through the hell of depression. But what you have to understand is my strength couldn't be revealed until I went through it. I didn't know how strong I was. So I can tell you I was strong and confident in all of that in retrospect, but living out, it hadn't been revealed. My own strength hadn't been revealed to me. My own courage hadn't been revealed to me. There is something true about you that won't be revealed to you until you go through this process that God is taking you through. I don't know who this is for, but you are holding on to something. You don't want to go through nothing difficult. You have got to go through this difficult season. It feels like dying. Somebody said that the other day. I feel like I'm dying. It feels like dying. In order for the truth of who you are to be revealed, to be revealed, the difference. But here's the thing: the difference between us and Jesus is Jesus knew who he was when he got on the scene. Okay, Jesus knew his identity when he got on the scene. So him being the Son of God was revealed to us. But what I'm saying to you is, there is a truth about you that will be revealed to you, but you got to let something die. You think you can't make it without that friendship. You can. You think this is the best you can do on this dating scene. It's not. You feel like you are going to crumble under the pressure of writing that book, of starting that podcast, of starting that ministry. It's not so. You just, your strength and your courage and your gifting and your skill won't be revealed until something dies. And maybe it's the way that you think things need to work. You think they have to be set up in such a way. Maybe your your mindset's got to die. I wonder, what is the thing that you won't let die? I wonder, what is the thing? I want you to just think about that. There's something that God's been telling you to let go of. I wonder, what is the thing that you won't let die? Verse 5, I got to keep moving. Through him, we received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. Paul is saying, me and all of us apostles, we received our grace through Jesus Christ. Me and all the other apostles, we were sent by this Jesus through Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only way. You heard it here first, maybe. Jesus is the only way. There are not multiple ways. 
to grace. There are not multiple ways to salvation. There are not multiple ways to heaven. Jesus is the only way. Ooh. Somebody's on the fence. You dibbling and dabbling in some of that new age spirituality. You dibbling and dabbling with some of that, oh, I'm talking and invoking this thing of my ancestors. The Lord said, Jesus is the only way. Holy Spirit is saying, stop playing. Jesus is the only way. There is no other way. It doesn't mean that I have to be mean to people. It doesn't mean none of that. People are like, oh my gosh, you're so close-minded. It doesn't matter if I'm close-minded or open-minded. It's his heaven. And he said, the only way to get in is through Jesus. Jesus is the only way. They're not multiple ways. That's what the word says. It's not what your pastor is saying because of whatever. I'm saying what the, I can only say what the word of God says. And the word of God is saying that Jesus is the only way. Whoever you are on the fence, dibbling and dabbling, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm going to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Mm -mm. Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only way to grace. Jesus is the only way to salvation. There is no name under which men and women can be saved. Verse 6. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. Paul is making it clear that Gentiles are also invited to belong to Christ. He's saying, yeah, I know, because you have to remember this letter that he sent to the church in Rome has a population of Jewish Christians and non-Jewish Christians, Gentiles. Gentiles are like multiple nations. Um gentile christians right that's there's this mixed group and there is some conversations and rumors and talks and things about the need and maybe not at the rome church but in the things that paul is dealing with there's this talk like you got to become jewish before you can become christian that the only people that are invited to salvation are jewish and paul is just saying hey this is for all y'all it includes the Gentiles. He's letting us know that Jesus is for everybody. Jesus isn't just for church people. He's not just for people who scream hallelujah and who speak in tongues. Jesus is not just for uh, people who look a certain way, who seem a certain way. Everyone gets an invitation to Jesus. People don't have to get their life right before they come to Jesus. They get their life right through the transformational power of Jesus and the Holy Spirit active in their lives. So Jesus is for everybody. He is for the cousin that you don't like. He is for um, the person that is dealing with addiction. He is for the person who hurt you. He is for people who choose a different lifestyle than you. He is for people who are out at the club. He is for people who are, you know, doing all manners of whatever. Jesus is for everybody. And everyone has been given an invitation to get to know Christ. Not just the ones that we like. Everybody. Last verse. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. He makes it clear to the Gentiles that they are as loved and they are as chosen as everybody else. He's letting them know that they have been called to be holy, that God sees them as holy. And so I want you to take away from this. It doesn't matter what they say. What did God say? 
I don't care what they said about you and your background and where you come from and your family and all of that. I don't care. What, what did God say? Because it doesn't matter what anybody else is saying about you. The only thing that matters is what God is saying about you. Listen. I know it's just the start, right? We're just getting started in Romans. And so it's not that heavy yet, but there is so much wisdom and power to transform your mindset. What I want you to consider, and I'm going to invite you to join us in the Zoom, is how you would apply this, okay? Because... Maybe you've gotten some revelation from these verses, but now we need to go through every revelation that was given, and we're not going to do it here. We're going to get in the zone. Now we need to go through every revelation that was given to see how God intends for us to apply it. What is the what direction is that giving you through your mindset must match the mission? If your mindset were to match the mission, how would you introduce yourself? What would you say about yourself? How would you describe yourself? If you really understood that God knows the end from the beginning, who might you run to first? How might it change your attitude and how you are getting through this present season? If you really took to heart that God does what he says he's going to do, how would you start to change up your day-to-day -day life to prepare to receive the blessing, the freedom, the healing, the whatever that God has promised you? How would you start to move differently if you truly believe that God does what he says he's going to do? So what is he telling you to do as the result? If you really understood that there are some things in your life, things that are happening right now that are going to have to die in order for the truth to be revealed, what things would you let go of? What things would you pull the plug on? What does that look like for you? Allowing things to die. Does that mean I need to delete some um context does that mean i need to have some conversation if you understood that jesus was the only way how might that impact your evangelism how might that impact your sharing how might that impact how you show up to work even if you aren't going to be preaching and teaching to people maybe jesus could shine through you and those who believe in a different way might want to know how is it that you're going through these things and you still shining how is it that you're still coming with this beautiful attitude what is this spirit that i feel from you Every time I hug you, there's this light. How would you begin to show up if you understood that Jesus was the only way? How would you begin to speak out if you realized that Jesus was for everybody? How might that change your attitude and your treatment of people who don't look like you? Where might you begin to serve? What is God telling you to do? And if you really understood that what people were saying about you didn't have no impact, said what I said, didn't have no impact on you, how would you begin to show up in the spaces that God is called you to? Well, maybe this is the first time that you have heard about this Savior, Jesus. Maybe you didn't understand that God sent his son, Jesus, to die for you, that he has taken on sin for you, that we all fall short. And the only way to get to eternal life is through Christ Jesus, that Jesus loved you so much that he laid down his life for you, that there isn't any good thing that God would keep from you, that there is a gift waiting for you on the other side of salvation, that is the Holy Spirit that's going to guide you, that's going to give you power to overcome the sin that you have been slave to, that you can now walk in free. Maybe this is your first time hearing that. And if this is your first time hearing that and you are ready 
to accept Jesus as your savior, I'm going to encourage you to make yourself a slave, but we got to get to the place where he's your savior first. If you're ready for that, then I want you to say this prayer and repeat after me. Father, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe that you raised him from the dead. I now accept him as my Lord and Savior. I accept the gift of salvation right now. Thank you, Father God, for forgiving me. Thank you for saving me and giving me eternal life with you. Amen. If you said that for the first time, let me just welcome you to the family of God. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Listen, you have made one of the best decisions you can ever make. Not one. The best decision that you could ever make for your life is to accept this gift of salvation. So welcome. It means that you are a family now. Now, listen, this is an individual decision that you made, but you are not meant to do it in isolation. You are meant to do it in relationship. Send us an email, praise at boldfaithchurch.org. So this way we can get some resources in your hands. We can help you to get connected. Now, y'all know we are not done yet. Y'all already know that we are going to be gathering in the, um, we're going to be gathering in the zoom. So when you go to give your tithes and offering, if you want to be a part of what God is doing in and through this church at boldfaithchurch.org, you can also get the link. You don't have to give to get the link. I'm just saying, I saw that I needed to say, give your tithes and offering. <laughs> you can go to boldfaithchurch.org to set up reoccurring giving and to get the zoom information okay you can go over there to get this information now listen if you learned something new today then i want you to like this video if you feel like it can encourage someone then i want you to share this video and if this is your first time joining but you are all about being a part of a community that's going to help you to become bolder and more confident in the word of god because we are going to equip you and empower you to apply it to your life then go ahead and hit that subscribe button not only are we here on saturdays 8 a.m est but we're also here monday through friday with mornings in the word 7 a.m as we read through the chronological Bible reading plan. Again, I'm so excited that you were here with me today. I know who knew a whole hour on seven verses, but God had plenty to say. I pray that it has blessed you. And I hope that you are going to be joining us in the Zoom so we can talk about what application of that uh, revelation means. This is where real transformation happens. So don't skip out. Church isn't over. It's just the second part of church. Okay. I'll see you over there. Thank you so much for joining. I love you. See you in the group. If this episode has blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else so that you too can be a blessing. If you'd like to connect with us and help us to do the work that God has called us to do, you can give at boldfaithchurch.org. Be sure to connect with us on Instagram at boldfaithchurch and connect with me at Courage Molina. Thanks so much. Be sure to catch the next episode right here.